parting ways with reckless living. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning, my friends. We're moving on in 1 Peter to chapter 4. Today we're going to be covering verses 1 through 6. This begins a section where Peter uh, talks about living for God. And um, he is going to juxtapose who we were before Christ with who we are after Christ and the way that that surprises our pagan, uh, ungodly, worldly friends uh, when they see us living a transformed life. Um, they're surprised by it. Uh, they're surprised when we don't join them in the uh, things that they freely do uh, because they're not uh, following the Lord. They're not walking with Jesus. And so uh, we'll get into that here in a moment. But before we do, let's go before the Father. Heavenly Father, we love you today. We thank you for your word and its teaching. Uh, Father, we come hungry and ready. Open our ears to the sound of your voice that we might receive what you have for us today as your spirit teaches us through your word. Uh, We are ready to hear from you, Lord God, and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Here is 1 Peter 4, 1 through 6. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans uh, chose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. They're surprised that you do not join them in their reckless, wild living, and they heap abuse on you. But they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is the reason the gospel was preached even to those who are now dead, so that they might be judged according to human standards in regard to the body, but live according to God in regard to the spirit. Now, these are some powerful words, and Peter begins by uh, remarking about the suffering that Jesus endured for us. And he says that there's something very powerful that happens spiritually when a person suffers in their body. And um, he, in fact, encourages the believers to arm themselves with the same attitude. That uh, the attitude of Christ and his suffering was, Lord, your will be done. I don't understand uh, why this cup can't pass from me, but Lord, not my will, but yours be done. And Jesus endured the suffering of the cross, knowing that it was for the saving benefit of every person. And he embraced it with a a quiet willingness. And so he's, Peter is saying, arm yourselves with that same attitude of quiet willingness uh, that uh, because Whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. In other words, um, they're so tuned into God because of the suffering within their body that the worldly things that they could be doing matter so very little to them. Um, and he says the result is they don't live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. They're tuned in in a different kind of a way. When Jesus was facing that suffering, he was tuned in to the Father in such a profound way in that moment. He was tuned in spiritually 
as he was going through that. And I believe that's true, that people who suffer bodily ailments that cause them great pain are tuned into the will of God in a way that the rest of us maybe aren't because they're depending on him um, in, in a next level kind of way because of the pain that they're enduring. And so um, Peter says, arm yourselves with that attitude. Uh, arm yourselves with the attitude of one who's suffering uh, in their body for the sake of Christ. Now, Jesus' suffering was the result of the abuse and scorn and contempt of his brutal death and the treatment that he received uh, from the Jewish religious leaders and the uh, Roman governmental authorities as they were executing the order to kill him. Um, but sometimes people suffering in their body is an affliction and the Lord allows them to experience that affliction. And as they wrestle with the reality of it uh, and pray themselves into um, uh, accepting that there may or may not be healing that comes, the Lord works through that and does some amazing transformative things in their spirits. Um, if you've been around a person who is uh, suffering with a terminal illness or with a prolonged um, painful struggle in their lives, uh, if they know the Lord, you can see the way the Lord has used that in them. He goes on in verse 3 to say, For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans chose to do, living in debauchery, wild, off-the-hook living, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. And these just paint a picture of a very wild, uh, off-the-rails kind of lifestyle. And these same people are surprised after your conversion that you don't join them in their reckless, wild living, and they heap abuse on you. Now that you're not in the mix, now that you're not participating in these things, what they have for you is contempt and scorn. Uh, in the same way uh, that Jesus experienced contempt and scorn uh, from the religious leaders and those who are after him. Um, they are surprised that you don't join them. Why don't you just come on and do what we do? Uh, but you have a transformed heart. You can't engage in those things because they're no longer, it's no longer your, your heart to do them. You're connected now to the source of life. You're connected now to your Savior. You're connected to your Redeemer. And you don't want to turn back to old ways. It doesn't have any desire for you anymore. It's been drained of all desire. Uh, your desire is now focused on the Lord and His will. But they will have to give account to him who's ready to judge the living and the dead. You're not responsible for their behavior. You are responsible to witness to them and to talk about the powerful saving work of God. But you're not responsible for their choices. And they eventually will face uh, the, the judge, the one who will judge the living and the dead, uh, the Lord Almighty. Uh, for this reason, the gospel was preached even to those who are now dead. And we saw that in 1 Peter 3.19, that after Jesus died, he went into the place of the dead and he preached to the souls that were in captivity since the time of Noah. He preached the gospel to them. And Peter says, so that they might be judged according to human standards in regard to the body, but live according to God in regard to the spirit. And so um, this is an interesting thing. I've always found this notion that Jesus went and preached to the souls uh, in the place of the dead who were captive there because of their sinful lives. Uh, I found it interesting that Jesus went to preach the gospel to them. Um, and so uh, what Peter says here resonates with what he said also in 319, 
For this reason, the gospel is preached even to those who are now dead, so they might be judged according to human standards in regard to the body, but live according to God in regard to the spirit. Um, Jesus was giving them a chance to hear the gospel. And um, I found I find that powerful and profound, and I still wrestle with what all that means. Um, but uh, a great teaching here as we begin uh, into chapter 4. And uh, I hope, my friends, that if you're facing challenge from people in your life who knew you once when you were walking apart from the Lord and, and uh, they're giving you all kinds of grief, I pray that you find encouragement in knowing you're not alone. And uh, the fact that they're giving you grief means that they see the transformation that's taking place in your life. So you stand firm and you keep walking with Jesus in the way of Christ. All right, my friends, God bless you. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen. And we'll be back at it, Lord willing, tomorrow.